and welcome back to episode 9, 10, I don't fucking know, of Cliteracy. I am joined again by a very special guest, Jade Kempton. Hey! She's I'm back. back. <laughs> righty. Are um, we recording this time, like, for sure? We are for sure. Like, a hundred percent. I'm gonna be, ever since that episode, I, like, religiously save it throughout the episode, just to make sure. So we are all set to go. Yeah, okay, so this episode, we are going to be talking about, I guess, attachments, and then also letting things go. Jade's gonna be sharing her side of the story with you. I'll be sharing mine. The way that I describe it is Jade and I are polar opposites in almost everything. We're kind of like batteries. That's why we are attracted to each other in friendship sense. Aww, yeah. that's so sweet. Thank you, I just thought of it. If only I was attracted to you in friendship sense. and so i think that it'll be an interesting conversation to have because there are a lot of differences but it's like yin and yang that's what makes us whole so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Alrighty. so i guess we're gonna start this off just how you doing oh guys for the for the past week jasmine's texting me every single day how are you doing and i (laughs) was joking about it to my mom i'm like mom i think jasmine's seriously concerned for me because (laughs) she she texts me every day like, how are we feeling today? How are we doing? But at first what I thought was like kind of off and I was like, oh, she thinks there's something wrong with me. Like that's that's what we've, I don't know, grown up thinking that like when you have to check in on someone like that, it's like, oh, something must be wrong with them. But like actually now during the day, I'm like, I wonder when Jasmine's going to text me and check in on me. Like I wonder when Jasmine's going to be like, mm, how's your mental health today? And I'm like, <laughs> ooh, not great, but let's chat. Like, <laughs> that's no, what I'm I told kidding, you. That's but... what I told you. I was like, that's like my way in just to have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that intimidating that she needs to ask about my mental health to start a conversation <laughs> with me. No, but, like, I just think it's something awesome to normalize with people these days to, like, check in. And it doesn't have to be, like, a big deal. Like, you're on a watch list or something like that. Yeah. It's it's nice. Like, it's kind of awkward to bring up your own mental struggles. You don't want to be a burden to your friends. You don't want to make things too serious. You don't want to be a downer or anything like that. And, honestly, right now, things are down. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm sure they're a little happy happiness moments within the day, but it's hard to know that everything that's going on is going on and continue to be positive. And so Jay and I have had our quarantine meltdowns. I don't know if any of you guys have had this. I think I'm pretty sure like every single person has had at least that one moment where they're like, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Um, Mine was grabbing all my suitcases from the closet as I screamed and threw all my clothes into them and then had a breakdown because I didn't know where I was going to put all of my shoes. That was mine. I was like ready to drive to Seattle at 8 p.m. She didn't know how to fold all of her clothes yeah. within the hour to start driving. That's and like, like that's how I just calmed myself down. I was like, okay, you need to think about this logically. You have 50 pairs of shoes you want to take. <laughs> <laughs> logically, you cannot take your 50 pairs of shoes, so I guess you have to stay. <laughs> Literally. See, this is where we have a similarity. We yeah. use logic to chill. I don't know. Like I feel that. Like I just feel being home. I'm hanging out with a lot of my friends that I hung out with in high school after having a prolonged period of time where I went out and made completely new friends and I'm working retail again. Shout out to Tilly's in Pangea (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like living with my parents and going through the same issues that I was going through like
like my junior senior year I'm like where am I gonna go in the spring where am I gonna go to college like am I gonna stay am I gonna go like who do I want to hang out with why am I so bored I'm having the same arguments with my parents and trudging up the stairs yelling this is bullshit and slamming my door like I was doing when I was 16 17 and I sit upstairs in my room after throwing like a fit like a child and I'm like ew like that is so ugly that I just did that I'm like half wanting to go down there and apologize but I'm stubborn and I would never so <laughs> I just sit upstairs and I'm just like ugh that was icky I should leave <laughs> yeah. you know what I just realized how you said you were like working in retail again and hanging out with all your same friends and living at home I'm literally working for the two jobs that I worked junior year seriously everything Isn't came full weird? circle like you're campaigning again you're for the same per- same for the same person. two people oh for that's the same right two people now she's on two campaigns slight flex big flex yeah but my, my bosses yeah. listen to this hi guys love you you guys know way too much information about me now but like that is true hi <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love them they're like my favorite people on this planet wow subtle flex but yeah like it's just when you move home during all this like it's the safe option you know be with yeah. family when things are kind of hitting the fan and like everything is unknown you go home to what you know and most of the time what you know probably isn't part of the happiest time in your life I mean maybe you had like the high school experience I'm not gonna say I had a bad high school experience but it's just like it definitely wasn't my peak years in life and so now that I'm revisiting that time period it's kind of a trip and I haven't decided really how I'm gonna deal with it yet but I mean you just take it one day at a time check in on your friends and make it a casual conversation to see how everybody's doing yeah that's how I feel when my mom visited last time she's like so how have you been and I was like you know it's really weird because I don't really know what to do with myself all of high school I wasn't home yeah and now I'm like home you're working from home this woman is putting in the hours 46 a week this woman yeah I reduced my hours. I'm like, I want to do some fun stuff. <laughs> I was literally like, I was I was taking a walk today and I was like, okay, there's 168 hours per week. I sleep for eight hours. Oh, <laughs> I, oh my God. I was like God. going through and I was like, I have six hours of free time every day. And so if I just manage that correctly, I can still do cliteracy and my homework. <laughs> oh my God. That's a wrap right We're just going to have to take shorter breaths, sleep less, no meal breaks. I like, know. Maybe start multitasking. Like, all right, so let's get into it after that. Oh, yeah, if any of you guys are feeling the quarantine blues, we're here with you. Don't feel like you're alone, even though, like, I know everyone's posting on their social media, you're not alone. You're not. Yeah. We hate our lives, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that comes with our, our, our privilege here. Like, we're, 100%. we're so happy to live in San Diego. It's gorgeous. And we do have nice homes and we have good resources. Like, there are a lot of people out there that have it worse. It's just everybody struggles with their own personal resources and their time and everything like that. But given that we might not be in our happiest states right now, we are still very appreciative for everything that we have. Yeah. And if anyone also is in a toxic home environment and you feel the need to leave, leave. Do it. Like, we'll leave, we'll live vicariously through you. But, couch, you can come sleep on my couch. Yeah, if you, like, <laughs> it, I know that a lot of people might be in unsafe situations or just situations where their mental health is not being appreciated or what's the word fostered is that a good term to use I don't know their mental health is just in a shit show because of their surrounding environments or the people that they're surrounded with and if you need to put yourself first you know I always preach that on this podcast it is 100% okay to put yourself first you are worthy you are deserving and we're here with you if you need anything Jade and I we're, we're doing nothing so preach yeah 
Okay, so moving on. Uh, let's look at our little outline. Um, oh, cute. I guess we're just going to be talking about kind of like, I don't know, Jade and I, we both had some growth, some, some. reversion. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess the inspiration of this episode started just because if you knew me in high school, you knew that I held on to things. I, would you say grudges or just like, I wouldn't say grudges. No, it was never grudges, but like, I don't know. I took things really personally. You were very sentimental. And so whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, it heavily impacted the way that you viewed yourself and the world. You were constantly taking in information and adjusting with said information, which is great. Everybody should always be growing and learning, but sometimes there are situations that just happen that you can't fix, that there are shitty situations that happen, and you just gotta understand, like, hey, this wasn't my fault. This was crazy. It's okay to let it go, and that just was not a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I held grudges, and I was, like, angry, but it was one of those things where, like, if something happened, I would go over the reasons or, like, the steps that could have been taken to have fixed it, and that was, like, an all areas of my life, not just like my personal life, but if you guys knew me in high school, you knew that I was a part of Slate. Like one of our main events was putting on No Place for Hate Week. And I was the person that like went to all the people that were angry about a speaker and like talked to them for 45 minutes or just spend my entire lunch basically apologizing as they like screamed at me over things I could not control. And so I remember like the first time that one of my teachers just sat me down and was like, you need to calm down. It was, um, I'm not gonna say his name, but I've, you guys know me. We love him. He's basically my father. I have like, I have like my school mother and my school father. And the reason that I call them that is because they both invited me over for Christmas. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. That's dark, but that this is how we cope here. Jasmine and I have been friends for so long because we can laugh at each other's traumas and yeah. normalize it. He was just like, there are going to be people who you piss off and you will not be able to fix it. And there are going to be people that hurt you because he was alluding to the fact that I had been cheated on because he knew everything in my life. (laughs) He was like, there are gonna be people that hurt you and you don't really understand the reasoning behind it. No matter how much you fixate on it, it's not gonna change it. So it does you no good to be stuck in the past or stuck on the what ifs. And if you guys have listened to my third episode, y'all's know I got stuck on the what ifs. That was something that was really a struggle with me. Hearing that, it can go one of two ways because I've had so many people tell me that. I know. And it's just like, who fucking cares? Like, it's so cliche fuck you for saying that to me honestly it really depends on the phase of life that you're in yeah. how that impacts you because for me I was oh my god I was the angriest angriest teenager that I knew like out of all my other friends I just like were you actually oh my god there was this one day that I was texting Jasmine me and, yeah you what who else? So I was just sitting there texting you and I'm sitting in my car, obviously after lunch, like 45 minutes into third period because I just didn't go to school. And I was just texting you like the normal things that I was thinking going through my brain. And she just dead ass says to me in one text, I have never met anyone who hates themselves more than you do. What the heck? Uh Uh-huh. And I sat there, and that has stuck with me for a really long time. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, you just blatantly said it, and it was, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, at first- I'm super brutally honest. Yeah, no, she is. (laughs) Yeah, like, you can't text me about anything, because I'm not going to sugarcoat it with you. No, and I respect that, though, because that's the way that I take in information, because I don't- to me, that this is extreme saying it, and it's not really true, but, like, in a way that when you're sugarcoating something, you are not telling the full truth. Like, yeah. you are giving someone a 
beta version of the truth. And for it to work, you need to just put what you feel out there or put what I need to know out there so I can take that information and move forward. Like, so the brutal honesty is fine because I can get over it. Like my hurt feelings are not going to, I don't know, downgrade the truth. Like I can get over that. At first I was like, what the fuck? Who says that? And then I was like, the people who say that are the people who mean it. And I was like, shit. And so that made me sit there for a second. And that's kind of when I started wrapping my head around like, oh, people can notice that I'm still like not happy, that I'm still angry. And the way that I took out my anger was in self-hate because yeah. I'm not, I try my best not to be problematic. I don't like confrontation. As much as I am a shit talker, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll talk all big. And then if someone was like, what the fuck? I'm like, <gasps> why are you mad at me? I'm like, I will literally cry if you yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just was like, oh, and I'm not going to say that, that necessarily changed anything besides my self-awareness. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't even remember saying this. Yeah. There are just certain things that like, I'm sure I've said to you that I've just stuck with you forever that I don't remember. And it's just because it was in that one period of time where someone just was like, Jade, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like someone telling you, you need to let things go. Like when you're in your peak anger of, yeah. of a situation that you can't fix, like I'm never angrier than when something happens to me that wasn't my fault. Because at least if I mess something up, like I know it was my fault and I know how to not do that in the future and I can move forward with that. Like I can learn from that. But if something just blows up in my face and I had nothing to do with it and it still just fucked me up, like it is so hard to let that go. You yeah. can't rationalize it in your brain. You can't, you can't expect it. For me, that's huge. I I hate anticipation. I hate the unknown. I'm a control freak and it yeah. is because I cannot stand not knowing things. And that's why I don't fuck with lies. And that's why I don't fuck with sugarcoating. I'm like, just give it to me straight because I yeah. need that. Like, I can't deal with not knowing what you're saying to me. And that's why I Wikipedia the end of movies. No. <laughs> that is because you are impatient. Try to slide it in there. I've had to take her phone in movie theaters, and she has assaulted me in a movie theater. I get anxious not knowing what happens. <laughs> like, you cannot put okay, me into a whatever. Movie. Sorry. But yeah, I find that really interesting. I think I was angrier in my childhood years. Yeah. And then high school, I was like half that angry. And then now, I don't think I'm that angry. See, I think I was peak angry in the older years when you were kind of coming out of it and I was still so I'm still coming out of it and as much as I'd like to say that I've let everything go or am good at letting things go is I think correct me if I'm wrong honestly I think I let go the majority of things which are honestly I will say to my own opinion I didn't have to let a lot of the things go that I did but you know like it gets to a point where being angry like internally at least like the people that you're angry at nobody knows like if you don't do something about it and get over it, it's not going to fix itself. You are just eating yourself alive at that point. Yeah. And I've known that. And mm-hmm. I've and I've said that to so many people. I'm like, dude, I know it sounds awful, but you just either got to get through it and just feel the whole thing and just die inside a little bit and recover or just stop caring because you're going to mm-hmm. go one of two ways unless you hold on to your anger and that's a third way and you could just hate yourself for the rest of your life. And like, I think it's interesting that you say that because like, we know it sounds like really cliche and this sounds like everything you've heard before, we get it. When that teacher told me that, if I had been in a different headspace where I wasn't, like, open to receiving that, I would have been like, what the fuck? 
Oh, I've yelled at someone for telling me to do that before because really? I'm just like, who are you to talk to me about my experiences that you have no idea about and tell me to let it go? Yeah. Tell me that my pain is not worth, I don't know, caring about anymore and I should just move on. And I took it as an insult. And I'm like, who, like, this is none of your business. Like, yeah. if I'm going through something, that's me. And you know what? If you feel that way, you're more than valid to feel that way. But I can almost 100% guarantee you that you're going to look back and be like, I should have just fucking let that go. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah. Like, in that point in time, if you are not ready to let that go, if that's still your innate mindset, you're not ready. I wasn't ready. I'm still not ready. Like, I struggle every single day with things that I thought I let go five years ago. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like, shit, I'm upset about this today. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, shit, I don't fucking care about that. Next thing. Like, let's go for it. And there's just no proper time period to get over anything. There are going to be ups and downs, peaks and valleys. But the only reason that we say all this cliche shit is because we are literally living it right now and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It literally sucks so hard, but you will get through it at some point. You just have to address the root cause of it all. And I remember when I addressed like the root of all my insecurities of, I don't know, just feeling like I'm not worth anything or not worth much. It like, cause it's like, you can, you can be self-aware. Like I was extremely self-aware all throughout high school. You ask anyone, I knew what was happening. I was able to rationalize it. I understood. You just let it happen anyways. Or even like, I would be like, okay, like I know that this is wrong and I'm going to do this. And it's like, you can have all this growth. Like I can walk, my mom said this in her episode, you can walk a mile down a path where you think that you're you're growing and you're doing all the steps, but if you don't address the root cause of it all, it's going to be like a rubber band. And it's going to snap you right back. I feel that. And it happened. There were multiple times where I thought I was doing growth. I thought I was good. And then whatever was going on internally with me, I did not like address it. And so then I would snap back and I'd have a breakdown. And well, it's easier said than done. Like 100%. As, as much as you think that you know yourself more than anyone else, like root causes to things, like you could think it's totally normal. Every day. I'll text Jasmine about something and be like, I can't stop thinking about this. I can't stop thinking about this. Like I'm, I'm freaking the fuck out right now. Like, I don't know what to do. And she'll talk me through it. And then we'll be talking later. And I think that that interaction is totally normal. I think everybody freaks out about these things. And she, we're talking about mental health and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever had depression or anxiety. She's like, Jade, you 100% had both of those. And I'm like, well, I went to therapy. My therapist said that I didn't have depression. And it's like, well, you didn't have depression maybe then, or you didn't have anxiety maybe then, but mental health, like, it goes up and down all the time. It sneaks up on you and it, it doesn't have to last hundreds of years for you to have a mental illness. Like, and so for me, she was like, you definitely have anxiety. And I'm 100%. like, no, like, like, I don't, I'm not anxious in social settings. Like I'm super outgoing. Like I work retail. Like all I do all day is talk to people. And she goes, Jade, you fixate on a thing and you don't let it go and you freak out. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't hyperventilate or have panic attacks or anything. She's like, you have anxiety attacks. I'm like, what does that even, what does that even mean? And she basically explained that when I spiral on something, when I fixate on, it's usually when someone's upset with me. Like when I've done something wrong to somebody and they're upset with me, I kind of lose my mind. She will like lay in her bed and just oh, it's, spiral. It's gut wrenching. Like, like I spiral. literally nearly puke from how much my stomach hurts when I upset somebody. And 
and her brain just goes racing on things that oh, she yeah. has no control over. I have and, to get up and move or else I'll, like, pass out, honestly. Yeah. Like, I start cleaning or I start running or I just do anything to occupy my mind. But she's like, Jade, when you fall into a hole like that where you just keep digging yourself deeper, that is 100% an anxiety attack. And Because it's different than a panic attack. A yeah. panic attack is the hyperventral... I was about to say hyperventral location. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary, sign her up. (laughs) But the root of this, I guess, is you're constantly developing, which means you are constantly developing positive and negative aspects to yourself. And those things are ever-changing, and so don't feel like you're the same as you were yesterday or you're going to be the same tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Everything sneaks up on you like that. But also know that, like, every part of you, the what societally is good and what's bad. It's like, whatever makes you, you, you are still such an amazing and irreplaceable human being. What the fuck was that? My slamming doors. <laughs> it's it's hard to explain, but it's like that yes, we should always push ourselves to grow. Yes, we should always strive for self-awareness, but at the same time knowing that like you are worth so much more. You are literally for me it was realizing that like I'm fucking amazing. And when I walk into a room, I carry a light, an essence that cannot be replaced. And that was something that like I used to tell myself over and over. I was like, "You cannot be replaced. You cannot be replaced." <laughs> <laughs> repeating it like like, like literally nutso. it literally in my room like rocking back and forth that did not do shit for me I still thought I could be, like I still was like oh my gosh like you can easily be replaced you suck you're terrible like whatever the insult that I would think of that day I still thought that and so it's like just knowing like at one point I wasn't the best version of myself but I genuinely was amazing even though I didn't believe it and I think that's something that Jade's still like you're learning right now <laughs> like staring so hard at the ground I'm like don't fucking look at me <laughs> no, I'm speaking I mean, into your soul honestly <laughs> It's so good that, like, this is a, like, hearing thing. Wow, I'm so dumb. This is, like, an audible, basically, because no one can see me sweat, and no one can see me fidget, and then no one can watch me make faces when Jasmine's talking all positive, and I'm like, ooh. (laughs) And I'm like, I am not that positive. (laughs) But you know what? That's, like, being positive on not being positive. That's honestly so okay to not be positive, because it is so emotionally draining to pretend tend to be positive every day and come out there smiling and be like, yeah, guys, this is a new day. We're going to go get it. And then going to bed and looking at your ceiling and be like, today fucking sucked afterwards. Like just pretending like you're having a good time when you are not is exhausting. And quite frankly, it's stupid. Like who are you putting an appearance up for? Because this is your life and you should live it the way you want to. And if you pretend like something is not happening, like, I don't know, everything right now, (laughs) you are just not processing Mm -hmm. and there's putting up a front and then there's also growth they're different things where you're like really trying to be positive but it's okay to not feel great about yourself sometimes like to feel like okay I suck right now or okay this was not what I wanted to do with my life like I wish I did something differently but what is not the best is sticking with that feeling and going to bed with that thought in your mind you need even if you're pushing yourself to and you know that you don't 100% mean it yet it is a positive habit to grow to have some positive self-talk and be like all right that might not have been my best day this might not have been my best like self today but I'm gonna move forward tomorrow's a new day we're gonna go for it and maybe pretending is a bad way to put it but I guess honestly the first step like the baby step that you can take once again reiterating what my mom said sorry is acceptance 
<laughs> we love her. Um, <laughs> acceptance. Just, like, accepting yourself is the point of that tangent. Like, don't pretend because you feel like you have to. Like, it's okay to accept yourself when you are not in your best moment. And that's actually part of self-love is to know and acknowledge that you might not be in your best mindset right now, but you are still, like, a worthy person. Mm-hmm. You are still a good person. You are irreplaceable because you have yes. these completely unique experiences that you encounter throughout your whole life that make you severely unique. I'm sure that out of the crazy amounts of people in the world, there is someone that is super similar, but they're not you, like, statistically, but... Yeah. They're not you. Oh my gosh, that's so good. See, I can be positive. (laughs) See, I understand that, like, yeah, even on my bad days, like, I still heavily struggle, especially now, being home. Like, this environment for me growing up was kind of toxic because I just... I mean, I think, honestly, a lot of people... I think realizing, okay, so for for all the people that don't live in our area, I know we, we reference our area a lot but honestly like after high school and high school taught me that like so many of us lived in fucked up homes oh and you didn't even know it and, and it's you because didn't know it this place if they teach you one thing the one thing that i've learned here is just do what you're told and that is why like i used to get in a shit ton of trouble growing up in elementary school i'd end up in the principal's office three four times a week i had like uh most of the time it was my fault but sometimes it was jasmine tattling on me to the principal because i didn't want to be her friend. Yeah, true. But basically growing up, you're told sit down in your chair, sit forward, don't move around, like, don't do this, this, and that. Like, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble because, like, I wouldn't, like, stop talking in class because I was bored or I wouldn't sit down to do my work. I wanted to stand up or I, like, would go do this, this, and that. Like, I just was constantly in trouble and I talk to people about it today and they're like, that is so stupid that they got you in trouble for that. And it was a very image-based Image-based, school. yeah. Like, it was something where they wanted their kids to all dress appropriate and look good and do the right thing and be super nice and whatever and you know if you had some spaz in you like I did (laughs) you'd get in trouble a lot and not even that it's like even as we moved into high school although there were so many like I know we I know literally every person that comes out of this like I don't want school district this neighborhood neighborhood we're all like yeah there was a huge push that was super toxic on academics But it just highlighted, like, the bigger picture of, like, we, like, everyone here, I feel like, had, based off of your peers, or it was an intrinsic thing, or it was something that came from your parents, like, we all felt this push to put on this facade, and to be like, we're perfect, we're happy, everything's good. Pretending that you're okay when you're not. And I know a lot of parents here did the same thing, like, they, they were like, oh, our daughter, or our son, or our, like, our our kid is, I was gonna say our person. (laughs) Our child is... Our spawn. (laughs) (laughs) Is, like, picture perfect, and this is all they're doing, and it's like, okay, but you didn't see the breakdowns that they were having, or you didn't see the self-hate. An interesting aspect on the parent thing, though, is, like, now that I am, like, out of, I would say, I'm not gonna say I'm grown up, but I'm gonna say I'm, I'm out of kid phase. Yeah. I have talked to so many adults and, like, parents in this neighborhood that feel the same way. That, like, I literally, there's a woman that lives in our neighborhood. She has pushed out three kids at this point. I think her oldest son is, like, 10-ish. Hmm. Something in that range. She literally had a baby. Her th- third baby the day she got back from the hospital she's out at the playground in heels skinny jeans hair done makeup up looked 
amazing. My mom, I was standing right next to her. She looked out the window and she goes, what the fuck? My mom and I are so tight. Like she tells me all these things now and like being a mom in this neighborhood is just like being in high school in this neighborhood where you're competing with all the other moms. But in this case, it's not you who's competing. It's your kid. Like your kid is that pawn. And so you are making sure that you have a top tier UC like Ivy League kid so you can be like, well, my kid's doing this. And you have your hair appointment every three weeks to touch up your roots and your Botox and you spend a shit fuck ton on skincare and makeup. Like it is a heavily image based area and it is not just us. Like everyone feels it here. Like we're all feeling like we need to put up this front. Mm -hmm. And that is what is toxic about this environment is that mental health is so severely advocated for, but at the same time, so underlyingly repressed. Yeah, 100%. It's like we're all fake about mental health. Everyone's like, dude, come talk to me whenever you need to. Like if you're feeling down and then it's like, oh my God, this person just came and talked to me about how depressed they are. And it was so fucking sad. Like, tell me you haven't heard that from somebody that, oh my God, did you hear what she was going through? Like her boyfriend cheated on her. I bet she's a fucking wreck right now. How was she doing her college apps or something like that? My favorite was being told, did you know that Jasmine has like no (laughs) self-respect? I was like, you know what? To everyone listening from our old high school, second time I got cheated on, did people know the story? So the only thing that you kept under wraps is probably like the conclusion, like what came of it, but everyone knows what happened. Like I was sitting in my class and she texts me and she's like, I need you. And I was like, okay. Like there are certain messages where I like... Like, for the most part, like, if she's like, oh, my God, come out of class, come hang out with me. I'm like, yeah, no. Like, I'm not walking. Like, I'm lazy. And she's like, she texts me. She's like, I need you. Or, like, this happened. And I'm up and I'm out the door, like, within a second. Like, there there are just things where you know at this point. And I was just like, fuck. And I'm walking over to her class and our teacher is out there and she's standing there and she is just off her shit at this point. And I'm like, what happened? And she's like, it happened again. And my face, I didn't even get sad. I was like, where is he? Like, about to go cut some nipples off with some kitchen scissors kind of shit. This story, like, if you think about it, okay, honestly, let's talk about letting shit go. This story, and okay, I don't want people to think, like, I'm petty or anything like that or I'm still angry. It's not petty. It's it's your experience. This was horribly traumatic for anyone. If you, like, know this, like, if you know my heart, you know that that's not where I'm coming from. And at the same time, like, if you want to make conclusions that I don't really fucking care what you have to say but um regardless uh <laughs> and that's on self-love <laughs> literally what this was traumatic now that i'm thinking about it like what you're just realizing that that was traumatic yeah i mean i thought i was just kind of being a drama queen but now that you said it was like traumatic i'm low dude it was traumatic for me <laughs> it was like yeah like my teacher she talks about because we go over to her house all the time for dinner she talks about it to this day on like how hard it was to hear me cry because it Jasmine's was like cries are not weak like when i like actually crying. Hard, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, awful sobs that just like deep emotion. I am not somebody that gets affected by other people's emotions, but when she cries, I kind of just like freeze because I just don't know what to do with myself anymore. I'm like, I, I I can't fix this. Like, I don't know what to do. And that's different than like my actual, like my, oh, what we see on social media when I'm like, haha, eyeliner running down my face. When she thinks that her crying <laughs> marks down her cheeks are cute. I think I look good. Jay tells me I I don't, but I thought I had I'm not like a saying good, you don't. No, I thought I had a good crying face. Like, of crying faces, I thought it was a good one. Turns out it's not. It, <laughs> I'm 
I'm not saying you look bad when you cry. I'm just saying crying in itself is not cute. But like, I make it cute. Okay, you make it cute. <laughs> um, but where were we? Okay, <laughs> so let's let's dish on this real quick. So I'm like, well, I think you should do a quick summary. For, okay. Like, so I'm in second period TAing for my teacher, who's my mother. Hi, mom. She doesn't listen to this. Well, actually, my mom does, but my teacher mom doesn't listen to this. Hi, Colette. I love I you. I love you so much, mom. <laughs> I love you, Not too, my mom. teacher mom, but, like, mom, mom. Okay, anyways. So, I get a picture sent to me via DM, and it's a Anonymous. Picture, anonymous. It's a picture of my boyfriend's dick at the time. The person was like, just wanted you to know that your boyfriend sent this to me. And I was just sitting there. I get up. I text my boyfriend at the time. I was like, I need you to come outside. Comes outside. I'm like, I need you to be honest with me. Is there anything you need to tell me? As we know from the very first episode, he's never forthcoming. So he was like, nah. And I was like, <laughs> Nothing that you need to know. Stuff you probably should know, though. <laughs> He's like, you don't need to know. It's fine. We spent like 10 minutes of me basically like, are you sure? Are you sure? Then I show him the picture and he's like, it's from before. But then he starts crying. And it's I was from like, the first time I cheated on you. Don't worry so much. You're so no, sus. <laughs> he wasn't even saying it's from the first time. He was saying it's from when he was sending dick pics in 10th grade. And I was He like, literally owned up to being like, yeah, like my current penis looks like my 10th grade penis. No, no. <laughs> He's already crying. And then I'm walking away, right? And I'm looking at the picture because I know my man's dick, okay? <laughs> I'm looking at it. She woke. <laughs> I see the Easter egg candies I had eaten that Saturday. Your whole in fucking the background. backpack was in the back. Actually, my lunchbox. But oh, my whatever. lunchbox was in the back. To not even like really like physically cheat. He's like, like fake cheating. He's like coward cheating. He can't even go through with it. He's just like, it's my pennies. With a winky face. And there was no nose. That's the real shit. Okay, if you no use a nose. nose in your winky face, that's kind of weird. I gotta be real. Bitch, no one likes a fucking mouth breather. <laughs> so you put the nose in the winky face? Yes! Fuck, my lip tattoo must be trash now. There's no nose in the winky it face. It was already trash to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> could be true, could be true. Anyways, so I'm walking away. I'm like, you fucking lying to me, bro. And then he was like, yeah, you right. And so that's when I text Jade. And I'm like, I need you to come. <laughs> I need you to come here. <laughs> And that's when she texts me, hey, we have a problem. And I'm like, OMW. And so I, I'm walking over there. Now you're up to speed. We're up to speed here, but... Here's where shit gets real. Here, here's the best fucking part. So I'm like, who was it? And he's like, you don't know her. And I'm like, tell me. And he's like, no. <laughs> and he goes, so-and-so, the girl in your second period class that you TA for. This woman goes in there and she points her finger and she's like it was you and you I I didn't even I'm standing right there and I'm she's like but there's one thing that I've done is just keep Jasmine from like annihilating someone I would say that's my purpose in your yeah. life is to keep you from ripping someone apart and she points at her and Jasmine it's not even like sad anymore it it's was fury that girl did that to her on purpose yeah. in second period so she can watch her freak it was out. it wasn't the fact that she told me like I, I'm grateful that she told me it was the fact that she sent it specifically to watch me break down and then when I ran in she laughed at me she smiled I saw that yeah. freaking and then smirk. she posted about me on her finsta her finsta and was like lol Jasmine's boyfriend sent me a dick pic and she ran and she's like ran out of the class crying be careful like um she's crazy or no she was like be careful I'm coming to steal all your mans <gasps> 
And then she got suspended. And then she got fucking suspended. And then she got suspended. Okay, that was stressful in itself. Okay, talk about crazy shit. Every single fucking assistant principal and principal and counselor at our school and teacher fucking knew. The entire staff at CCA pretty much knew and every day some random person would come up to me and be like, it's a new day, Jasmine. You got this, Jasmine. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> like, never forget when Mr. Like our principal came up to me and was just like, you know, Jasmine, you're an amazing person. <laughs> you got... But yeah, it took me a long time to get over that shit. Uh, yeah, as it should. And also, this was, like, last year. Oh my god, you're right. This was not, like, years and years ago. Like, this was barely... It was over a year ago. Wow, so kudos to me. No, like, you have, like, Went made so all. much growth. And you know what? Like, you would think that that would be the end of, like, the relationship, and it was not. Like, that was It should have been. It should have been, but it was not. And it wasn't even the worst that came from it. It didn't even end until like December, really. Oh, it didn't end until December. Like, and like then January, I was maybe like, even. Like the shit show did not end until this year. Like that was just a piece. That wasn't even the leg that broke. Like that was just a hiccup. <laughs> and so the the amount of progress that you have made literally in probably eight months is absurd. It's insane. Sometimes I hate you for it because <laughs> I'm gonna be real, like, cause I'm laying here and I'm like, dude, like I am still not over over some shit that has happened to me and she is doing great and she's so positive and I'm just sitting here and I'm like <laughs> yeah. and, and that's nothing to do with you obviously I'm super stoked for you but that it comes from like accepting that everybody has a different path of mm -hmm. processing each event has a different timeline of how you're gonna heal and like what is gonna come from it and why you're healing too yeah. like that was something that needed to happen to honestly kick you up. Like, I mean, like, clitoris wouldn't be a thing if it, any no, of that had happened. Because, don't get me wrong, she's got a plethora of other things that has happened to her that are <laughs> traumatic. But this kind of trauma is something... I would say, not to be harsh, something that you could have avoided, something that you can learn from by, yeah. like, even if you love somebody, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are supposed to be with them or you should be with them anymore. And taking red flags and making a hard decision to be, like, even though I love them, sometimes they're being hurtful notably enough times to where it is not worth it anymore. And to be completely honest... I didn't even do that. No, and you, you have learned to put yourself first yeah, from this. Yeah, it literally was like... Yeah, like, like she wanted anything to do with it. And yeah, and I, it was like one of those things where I was willing to take no matter what. And I was literally fucking with so much of myself because of it. She was just chipping away at herself and giving it to him and was like, please take it. And he's like, no, I don't yeah. want it. It's so easy to and fixate think they're in gonna, general. So e I fixate every day on a different problem, on a different person, on a different thing. And I'm like, this, this is the thing. And then I'm like, wait, this is just like any other thing. And let's talk about that. Like almost every single episode, we're like, I've had so much growth since the start of college as like every person. And I know that Jade earlier tonight was like, I feel like I've gone down. I think growth in itself comes with positivity. Um, like when you say, I've grown so much as a person, you're like, I've become a 
better person is kind of what you would think of when someone yeah. says that. But it can also be what I like to use. The word that I would use instead mm-hmm. is progression because mm. I've reverted back to a lot of the things that I did in high school that I thought that I wasn't going to do anymore after college. But then I've also I've developed better coping mechanisms for problems. Like when I start to fixate and spiral on things, I have learned how to healthily get myself out of that negative headspace and to focus that energy on something productive. And so I can't say that I have one or the other like gotten better or worse because it, like I said earlier, like it's an up and down. It's yeah. an, every day is different. And so for me, I would say I've progressed. I think that you've progressed. I think you've had a lot of growth as well as progression though. Sorry, maybe I should rephrase it. What I mean is like you fixate on a lot more things now versus in high school, you didn't attach on things and you still don't Which attach on things. still a progression. Like yeah, I, yeah. I have progressed to getting a little bit more fixated. But, like, at the same time, like, you still don't attach to things, if that makes sense. Progression comes in waves, and it comes in different kinds of waves. So maybe I've progressed to fixate more on things, but I've also progressed to healthily coping with that. Because when I would fixate on things in high school, rather than, like, think through it and be like, why do I care so much about this? Why don't you take a few deep breaths and be like, hey, this is not a big deal. Like, life happens. It will progress. It will go away. In high school, I would be like, holy shit. I'm freaking out about this. And I'd be like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not freaking out. This isn't happening. And I would just compartmentalize enough to where it would go away. Would you disassociate? All the time. I am a disassociative person, 10,000%. I That's how I would deal with feelings growing up is that, ooh, this is vulnerable and kind of scary and I don't want to do this anymore. And I would just stop. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying is I might have changed Repression is not a healthy way to cope with things. And I would say I wouldn't change how I did it in high school because honestly, I did not have the energy to constantly be fighting a different emotional battle every day. I just needed time to get what I needed done, done and deal with it later. And I'm not gonna say that I would recommend that to anyone, but for me, that's honestly what I needed to do. I I couldn't, I'd been through a lot in my early years of high school. I'd been through like a lot, a lot. And I didn't have enough of me left to spare it on frivolous day-to-day emotional issues. So I would hold things in and compartmentalize and try not to start fights with my friends when they would do something that would piss me off. And I would just be like, it's fine. If they do it again, you'll bring it up. If it's fine, they'll do it. You And so on. And so I would just have these tiny indiscrepancies just build up, build up, build up, build up, build up and get huge. And like a couple times a year, I would just have massive, explosive, crazy emotional meltdowns. And I wouldn't like most of the time wouldn't even even tell my friends and if I did it was like I would tell them like I was upset like I had a I had a thing last night or like I was very vague and I didn't want to concern people I didn't want them trying to change how I was doing things because it worked it's like I think for me it's like just thinking about that it's like now I think even in high school like I let people's thoughts like people's perceptions of me really get to me and I know that's something that you did too I dealt with that by not going to school Just thinking about that now, like thinking about how much energy, how much physical and emotional energy that takes. Yeah. So like there, there's a trade-off that comes with it. There's the energy expelled from dealing with the issue head on rather than the energy expelled to not deal with something. Cause it, yeah. it eats at you for a little bit where you're like, say something, say something, say something, say something. Like it's like guilt building up, but a different kind of guilt that you're, that you're basically harming yourself and it's guilt that you're doing it to yourself. It's like an internalization. Yeah. Like when I, when I 
finally, I always talk about like this moment where I like finally let shit go. Cause if you knew me, actually one thing that it took a really long time for me to let go was my parents. Oh yeah. Like a really long time. Like I used to hate both my parents. Hate them. Retweet. All three of them. <laughs> no, oh, same. Oh yeah. Same. And so there would be days where I was like, yeah, I forgive like, um, I mean, I'm honest about this. My mom and I are really tight now. So there's like one, like there would be days where I'd be like, I forgive my mom. And then there would be days where like, I fucking hate that bitch. And like, I would like go crazy. And I was just so angry. As a kid too, it's like when you, you're never taught really any more coping mechanisms. And yeah. so you'll have good days and you're like, all right, things are good. Like I'm, I'm fine now. And yeah. then you'll have a bad day. And those bad days will trigger the negative thoughts too. And then all you do is fall with that. And you're like, no, this is a bad day. My day is ruined. And that's another thing too, is that days in itself, Jasmine sent me this whole quote thing that there are no such thing as good days or bad days, just moments that you let define the day. I did not send that to you. Yeah, you did. This whole thing, you said this is your energy, but that's what it said. Oh, that today? was the conclusion. Like, no, a couple days ago, like that picture book that you had with all the quotes in there. Oh, yeah. I yeah, could actually yeah. probably pull up and read exactly what you sent me because it was like, I'm pulling from the positive end part. It was something that reminded me of her. But because the whole thing was whole, like a bunch of fucking negative shit. And <laughs> then it was positive at the end where, okay, let me find it. So there it says, people say, have a good day. There's no such thing as a good day. You can do some things during a day that might give you a little joy and a little gratification, but a day is a day. And so that kind of stuck with me. I was like, oh, like when you take apart the construct of a good or a bad day, it's a day and you just justify it as what you thought it was. And so when you have those days that you justify as good, it's most likely because you had some positive interactions, which trigger you to think about good things versus when you have some negative interactions, it makes you think about the bad thoughts, you know? Yeah. And you don't learn growing up how to deal with that properly. And like, I, I feel like I'm always referring to like a moment where I just like finally let shit go. Your moment, in my opinion, when I recognized it is when her and her boyfriend officially, like last time, this is it, broke up. She calls me and she is just freaking out, sobbing, screaming. Like she was more angry than sad. She's like, how could she, how could he do this to me? Like, how could he say that about me? This, this, and that. And it was more rage than sad. Oh, I was not sad. I was pissed off. She I was, was like, so mad. How the Fuck. She's like, how can you do all this to me and then still have the audacity to break up with me? No, and not even that. Like to say that I'm not enough for you after you literally you're not wife material. I was like, bitch, I am wife material. Like I let you do whatever the fuck you want. Like how am I not enough for you? And to me, okay, that's so interesting because to me, I was like, but that's that's not what what a good Christian wife does. No, you let the person walk all over you. Yeah, no, and so. But when I realized you you had, like, started letting things go, at first I thought you were crazy. <laughs> I, I thought that you were in a manic phase of, really? like, oh, yeah. Like, I thought, like, this is going to last. it was, like, it was, like, Friday I called you crying. Saturday I was dead inside. Sunday. You didn't talk to me at all on Sunday. And then on Monday you're, like, I'm good. Yeah. She literally texted me. She's, she's like, I actually texted her. I was, like, how are we doing today? Like, those casual check-ins, as yeah. we do, when there's a big emotional uh, fluctuation. And I'm, like, how are we doing today? And she's, like, I'm good. I was like, I'm glad that you're doing better. And she's like, no, like I'm done. Like I'm good. Like, what does that mean? And she's like, I'm not upset anymore. I'm fine with it. I'm over it. I'm like, you're not over it. Like I'll, you're not over it. And she's like, dude, like, I don't know what it is. I'm fine. I, I yeah. don't care. Like it's done. Yeah. And 
I was just kind of sitting there at my phone. I was like, it was so selfish. I was just like, Jesus Christ, how did I get out of that so easily? I was like, <laughs> thank God. No, like, no joke. I'm like, I've done this too many times. I'm like, I can't do this a third time. Like, okay, listen. Like, friendship, it took a while for the friendship part. But the relationship part, I was literally like... You were relieved, kind of. I was just like... I was just saying, like... It's just one of those things, like, crazy. I literally have no idea how it happened. Honestly, I was in church. I mean, I think you just, you were upset about it, and you felt it, and you grieved it, but at some point in your grieving, you realized, like, you kind of opened your eyes and were like, there's this weight off my shoulder where I'm not waiting for the foot to drop anymore because she was in a long-distance relationship that had already been having problems. Oh, I was driving myself crazy. She was going crazy. She wasn't making friends at school because all she was trying to do was maintain no, I made good friends. Well, not at first. Like, it took you a minute to open up to people because all you were doing was focusing on your relationship. Like, you wanted to make sure your relationship survived freshman year of college. And once it was over, I think you were able to exhale. You were like, so that's what it was, and now I can move forward from here. Like, you took it for what it was, and you were like, well, third time's a charm. Let's keep it going. Like, (laughs) let it end. And you just moved forward from there. Yeah. And I think you just realize that things kind of come and go as they should. And if it's meant to be in your life, then then it's meant to be and it will. But if it's not, then things just fucking happen. And it honestly, just... that should be the name of this episode. Things just fucking happen. Okay. <laughs> Firsthandedly, I've, I've had to deal with my whole life. Like things just fucking happen and you kind of things just happen and you kind of no matter how much they suck, like you can't let them define who you are as a person and like take blame for things that just kind of happen. Like for me, my mom is remarried. She got, she divorced my dad when I was two. And then I would always see him growing up. Like I'd travel to visit him. And just at the age of 13, I realized that the relationship was not healthy anymore. Like that the things that he would say and the things he would do around me, he had alcoholism and depression. And it was just too much for a young kid to have to support. Like I didn't have it in me to carry an adult and be myself and go through like fucking puberty. I was 13, like, and like learn how to be me while dealing with him. And so like 13, I just was like, I'm done. And I just stopped talking to him because that's how I dealt with my problems. I just kind of avoided things and pretended it wasn't there. And so I let that go. And for three years, we didn't talk. Like he'd call me or I would call my grandmother and she'd be like, oh, do you want to talk to your dad? And I'd be like, nope, gotta go. And I would just hang up. And one day I come home from school and my mom sits me down and she's like, your dad's in the hospital and we have to go see him. And I'm just like, what? She's like, yep, he is dying from liver failure and we have to go out there and say goodbye, basically. So me seeing him for the first time in three years would be the last time. And I'm like, I was like, okay. And I went upstairs and my friend was there and I told her what had happened and we just laid in my bed and I just cried, like cried because I was scared to see him again. Not because I was sad, because I had to go and face like my worst nightmare in real life and say goodbye to it too at 16. And so we went and saw him in the hospital and there were like two days and I went in and I talked to him one day 
And then I went in the next day and they're like, oh yeah, Jade's here. And he's like, really? Like he didn't remember the first day because one of the symptoms of jaundice from liver failure is dementia. And so I just had to take that with a grain of salt and then have that day. And it just got bad. And so I left. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go home. Like I said, goodbye. Like I, I'm okay. And we went home and within the week he, he died. I went to school that day because I just didn't like, it didn't hit yet. Like I didn't have time to process. I was like, okay. And I went to school and I told one of my teachers and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I went home and like all of my friends walked on eggshells around me for so long. And apparently like all of my friends, like people would go up to them at school and be like, so what's going on with Jade? Like what happened to Jade? And like, I never heard any of it. I, I was like aloof. Like I was in my own little cloud in my head, I guess. But for a long time, like I, I grappled with a lot of issues. Like, all right, maybe if I kept talking to him and just sucked it up and was his daughter, he wouldn't have drank so much and maybe he'd be alive. Or maybe if I was there, I could have told him to stop and it could have been my job to fix his problem and I could have done this. Or I just went through countless countless situations where I was like, I could have fixed this. I could have done this. I could have prevented this. Like I didn't have to let this happen. And then I just had to sit down one day and be like, sometimes you are dealt a shitty hand and you just have to let it go. Because I could think about this for the rest of my life. Like I was 16. I, I got 80 more years of my life at that point. And I could just dwell on that forever that like, oh, like the universe fucking sucks. Like I had to deal with my dad dying when I was 16. Like, yeah, it's horrible. It was awful. But like, it's one of those things where I couldn't have done anything. Things just happen. And I had to learn to take the good days with the bad days, the days where they were significantly important in the year, like holidays or anniversary dates that are meaningful or pictures popping up on timelines and people asking how your family's doing and stuff like that. And or people calling my stepdad, my dad too early, like just things like that. It's just where you have to mentally get over the mountain and just keep walking. And every day I have to do that. Like it's been over three years and I'm still like, all right, like that is part of my past and I don't need to talk about it if I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Nobody is like, I don't know, what's the word? Obligated to know. I guess like entitled. Yeah. Nobody is entitled to know about me or my past because I kind of, you present the person that you want to be and I don't want to be the person that cares about some freak thing that happened years ago because it happened and it's done. And I've learned from it and I've learned healthy habits with substance, obviously, like take some learning experience from that, I'd say. And I would say it's given me an insight with other people that I would not have. Like I would not trade the life that I had for anything else because it has given me like a powerful insight to where I can talk to people and I can relate to people from an array of things that I've been through too. And I think that is something that makes a person unique and notable. And I like that about myself, that I'm personable and personable traits come from experience. And so I regret nothing and I take it all with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I think, I think there's so many of us who have been dealt shitty hands and not even shitty hands, but like who have gone through shitty experiences and whatever they may be, like there's no comparison here, how you experience things. That's like how you experience them. But I think it's so important because it's like your experiences are what make you who you are. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't, honestly, I kind of disagree with that. I think you're, I know you, 
disagree. I disagree with that because just in my personal sense, like your experiences make you who you are, sure. But I think it's the way that you you interpret your experiences. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a smart way to put just it. Just because like I do not want to embody all the shit things that have happened to yeah, me. Yeah, okay, no, no, no. That's a much better way to put it. Yeah and, yeah, and not even that you're you're wrong or anything. I just would No, cause that's yeah, cause I mean, yeah. I don't want to walk around being like ah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, the whole point of this episode is to not do that, you guys. Well, I would say on the on the theme of progression, like for me, it is huge for me to talk about that. Like yeah. I I'm don't... trying to keep my cool right now. <laughs> this is like a huge step in the life of Jade. I haven't even fidgeted that much compared yeah, to the last I'm episode. Like, I'm working on it. Like that's what I say. Every day is a new day. Like I can choose to be vulnerable and I can choose to be open with myself and accept myself for who I am and try my best in what I do to be proud of myself. And honestly like this is a big thing for me is to be open about something personal and I'm not gonna lie like it was a mind-numbing experience. I was so angry at the world. I was so angry at other kids at school who were upset about things. Like I would see girls like crying in the bathroom and they're like oh my god like they just like said this thing about me and in my head I'd be like why are you fucking crying? Like I I still deal with that to this day of comparing my problems to someone else's problems and that comes with me being like oh my problems mean nothing because this person's going through that so I shouldn't be feeling this so hard. I should I should get over this or this person needs to stop crying because their problems are insignificant compared to mine. Like that is something that I still deal with all the time. And so I just have to check myself and be like, look, everybody's experiences have, they don't shape who you are, but they have shaped the way that you, you live, you know? And so maybe one experience hits harder for another person because they haven't, because they deal with things differently. And I just have to accept that. Like, okay, like some people feel this and some people feel that. And it's a lot. I don't know. Basically, to get through things, you have to address the root. (laughs) I'm trying, and that's all that anyone should ever expect of anybody is to try and to be, I don't know, your most progressed self. You're like an amazing person. Well, bro. No. You're like an amazing person. You really are. (laughs) I hope you know, like, you just have this heart. I know that's sometimes hard for you to see that, but you have, you are like the embodiment of love and the embodiment of just selflessness And the way that you view life and view others, I know it can be, like, tough at times. But, like, no joke. It's just, like, you have this energy that I love being around. And I know that so many people love it. And it's why you're such an amazing person. If I didn't all have all this Botox, I'd be crying. (laughs) And, like, I'm I'm serious. Like, and I know... I know. This is just me deflecting from an emotional situation. And, like, I know all I say all the time is, like, you are unique and special. I could pull up a hundred texts in the past week of Jasmine being like, you know what? You're amazing. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I've really been feeling this lately. I'm like, you truly are like a gift. I'm, I think that everybody has a uniqueness and yeah, like a light to you, them, but I'm just, Anyone wants to get coffee, I'll trying. tell you this to your face too. But like, I don't know. I like coffee. Let's go get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw something in the trash. You probably definitely could hear it. Buckets! <laughs> something that I, I, I talked about in the last episode I guessed it on is I deal with self-hate. And it's mm. not because I inherently hate myself. It's that it is easier to place the blame for the misfortunate things that happen on myself than on the universe or other people or God or whatever you want to call it that is responsible for the day-to-day happenings. And it's just easier because I can go through it in my own head. Because if I blame it on someone else, like, I 
don't know what they're thinking. I'm a control freak. I need to know what's happening. Yeah. And so if I'm like, oh, it's my fault, then I have both sides, the person who's hurt and the person who's to blame. And I can deal with that in my own Supreme Court justice head. <laughs> and so I just, I deal a lot with that because I was angry at the world for so long and it was just me being cynical rather than being realistic. And even what I do now is slightly not realistic, but <laughs> I just have changed. I'm ever changing. Like to this day, I'm, I try so hard to break down the massive walls that I built up for myself growing up because I didn't understand what was happening. Like 13, having to cut off my own parent. Like I, it's not that I didn't love him. Like it sucked. And I had no idea how to process that. And so it was easier for me to be like, mm, is what it is, wall. Like, yeah. is what it is, wall. Like, that, it really do be like that sometimes kind of vibes. And so I just, it protected me growing up when I was vulnerable and I needed it, but now I don't. And I'm outgrowing the shell that I built for myself because I am capable of more now. Like, I've healed. I've, I've recharged. Like, I'm good. And I'm doing my best to better myself and start positive habits. And I think that's what I say is progression because there's growth and then there's reversion, but neither of those are inherently bad or good mm -hmm. in the sense of the word. They are words. So for me, I'm using progression because I am progressing and, and that's all it is because there's no true adjective to describe what it is. Like it is itself. <laughs> it is me growing up and it is, it feels like sometimes I'm 13 and it feels like sometimes I'm 30 where I'm like 13, 30. <laughs> I just feel like, <laughs> like I battle with the same issues that I did as a kid. And now I'm also looking in the future and I'm like, well, do I want to still be battling with these things that I was battling 15 years ago? Like I need to either start healthily fixing it and trying or it is going to be my life. I will victimize myself for the rest of my life and that's not what I want to be. I want to be a functioning person who has a past but the past is not me. My experiences are not me. It's the way that you apply your experiences to your everyday life and my everyday life I want to use it to be insightful and to help people and to be a personable person, to be successful, to be happy, to be loved. Like it's something that everybody wants and so I cut myself off from all of that in my younger years because I wasn't ready for it. And now I see that it is time to progress. You cry. <laughs> I am out. A bitch really do be crying though. That was, that was, that was really good. Holy moly. That was amazing. Isn't it crazy though? When you start breaking down the walls. <laughs> I'm going to have a panic attack about this later, but just don't let me have you delete that because <laughs> the last episode when that came out, I will say like I was at work and I got a message from four people before noon about the episode and I didn't even like go in on anything like the first time we recorded it twice if you hadn't heard that yeah. saga of it a day we recorded it twice and the first recording I had like a lot more shit that I said and when we recorded the second time I was relieved that the first one got deleted because I was like shit I am not ready for these people to hear me talk about how much I am not happy with myself currently like I am not ready to put myself out there like that and so when I had a second chance, I had a do-over. I was like, okay, let's, let's censor a little bit and sound a little bit different. Like that was not the point. Going on these podcasts is not because I'm helping Jasmine give content. Like I'm not trying to entertain that. Like I think every guest on this podcast so far has gained something that there's a vulnerability aspect to this where it's not only you ex 
accepting it yourself. It's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm over it. Like I've accepted this, like this happened to me, it's fine. But like sitting there and being okay with telling all these people, like I'm no liar. Like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm perfect. Like, or like, no, like there's no point because people can see right through your shit. Like if you're gonna sit there and pretend you're something you're not, people will know. And so for me, coming on this podcast is not about entertainment is I need this too. It's not just for listeners. It's not just for my friend who needs a guest. It's that I need to accept that it is okay for people to know me. And even if I don't know you, it is okay for you to know me because that is what it is to be a person. It is to be known. And for so long, I just tried to not be known because I didn't want to know myself yet. And honestly, I'm kind of hilarious. So I do like myself sometimes. (laughs) And it's not it's not a bad thing for me to express. And if people have problems with that and it changes their opinions of me, then they're probably not supposed to be in my life anyways. Exactly. And it's been hard to accept that because there have been people that I want in my life that don't want me in their life. And I'm like, well, maybe if I was less damaged or maybe if I'd been more emotional or maybe if I shared with them more, maybe if I shared less with them, like fixating on things that I can't change anymore. And I just kind of realized that I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, honestly. You're literally preaching to the choir. I'm just doing my best every day to do what's good for me right now because shit's crazy. And you deserve to put yourself first. And as much as it makes me severely uncomfortable to be this honest on a internet and fully accessible platform, it is going to go ten different um, countries. I mean, we're worldwide (laughs) up in this bitch. Call her Mrs. Worldwide. Doing things for myself, it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, something that I want to do. It's like making your kid eat their vegetables. Like, it's good for them. They just don't know it yet. And for me, coming out here, speaking my truth, being myself, accepting that this is part of me, but not me, and it's fine, bearing my soul to people that I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of gnarly, bro. Yeah. I mean, like, I get nervous posting episodes, too. Like, let me tell you in depth how my father called me a whore. <laughs> you know? Let me tell you in depth how my father died. <laughs> she do be half an orphan, though. <laughs> probably cut though (laughs) this is what i'm saying it's like we laugh at each other's dark humor because this is the way we cope like (laughs) it's healthy no but i mean it's better than repression (laughs) i think that's a good way to end it thank you for listening (laughs) it's asmr asmr but this i got (laughs) i got it oh no this is gonna be better ready